Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self-Worst Oh, yep, well, okay, here we go Another episode of Self-Worst Hello, I'm Brad Pearson, I'm the host, I'm the guy You probably know that but if you didn't, and you're new to this, uh, that's that's what's going on. Hi. It's been kind of a rough week, hasn't it? We knew the row thing, you know, was coming. Does it really, is it better knowing that it was coming? I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is better. I don't know if it's better to just watch things fall apart in slow motion. I don't really know what to say. I hope I hope people stay angry, and I hope people get out and do more than vote. That's about all I can suggest. If people don't push back right now and demand that the filibuster be ended to codify Roe, whatever they gotta do to fucking do it, we have to make it clear that that's what's gotta happen. I and I don't know what else to say about it. I, I, I feel right now kind of like it's useless to talk about it on a podcast. Like it's useless to declare a general strike on Twitter. But it means well, and kind of putting that out into the zeitgeist, I guess, is generally good. Putting those terms out there, people are like, yeah, general strike, general strike. This is rolling around in the collective unconscious, right? kind of thinking like maybe, maybe we should I don't know but it's just they gotta sweat they gotta fucking sweat the the democratic leadership everybody they have to and uh they can't keep holding this over our heads as, as leverage to vote and donate it's gotta fucking stop I don't know. I don't know what else to add to it anymore. I'm not feeling great about the whole thing. Um, you know what? Maybe I'll just leave it at that. Less is more, huh? Let's introduce our guest. We're talking to Clayton Williams. He is a comedian uh, based in New York. He's up in Buffalo now, but I saw him here in Red Hook. Uh, they do a show, Low Tide Motors as a show occasionally, really cool. Um, it's outside, it's at a motorcycle garage, it's in front of a, like a big Airstream trailer. It's real pretty, there you see the sun go down behind it. I very much recommend this show. Anyway, it was cool to talk to Clayton. Uh, he's got a podcast called uh, Nobody Watches Everything. It's a movie podcast. I, there's, and we talk about this, there's like a bajillion movie podcasts out there, but this one's just, it's fun, and they're, they they have good picks, and it's just a good vibe. They're, they're funny, and they, you can just tell they really like each other, and they get along. It's a good vibe. Listen to it. It's nice. Doesn't gotta be all uh, doom and gloom and feelings and podcasts about that stuff, too. Sometimes you just want to listen to two bros talk about movies. So that's that. Anyway... Let's uh, go to the interview with Clayton. He's a real nice guy, just real approachable, and gosh, what a just a just a cutie, just a cutie. Can I say that? Just a just a just look at his look at his little pic on uh, on Instagram. 
just, just adorable. I love him. Anyway, uh, let's go to the show. Let's do some housekeeping first. Uh, we gotta, I gotta tell you about my socials. You know, Bradical Pearson, Instagram and Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Follow the show at SelfWorst. Please, uh, you know, donate uh, on Patreon. Patreon.com slash SelfWorst. That would be cool. I would love that. And uh, there's going to be, there's video content, there's bonus episodes, there's stuff we cut from the episodes, and there's just additional episodes that I record. And uh, usually not a guest. Usually it's just me talking, which is great. As you can tell it's it's just more of this but there all there also is like cutting room floor stuff and there's video i got I'll, I'll put up the video stream of the conversation if we have them over zoom which is most of them this one included anyway uh that's about it i uh i love you i die for you i kiss you on the lips and uh you know stay angry and get out there and uh Fuck some shit up. I don't know what to. I, I I don't know what to say that won't potentially get me in trouble for inciting a riot. So I don't know. It's, it's comedy satire. Ha 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 ha. It's fun, lighthearted podcast, folks. We're having fun. All right. Um. Let's go to the interview with Clayton Williams. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Going okay. Uh, thank you for uh, agreeing to do this and, uh, you know, talk to a complete stranger. Um, That's it's not very, a problem. It's very nice <laughs> of you, man. It's a, it's a, bold, uh, it's a bold thing. Um, I was going to, you know, I, I, I saw you at uh, Kevin's show uh, you know, last Saturday. Thought you were really funny. Uh, Thank you. Wanted to come up and say hi to you, but I was also just like, I don't know. I get so tired of like walking up with people and be like, I really like your set. I got this podcast. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. You know, like it was just, I was so tired and I was just like, I'll, I'll just DM him and see if he responds. So glad you did. Yeah, um, of course. So uh, wh- wh- where are you? You're, you're not living in uh, New York? I used to. Uh, mm. We used to live in Bed-Stuy and okay. then... Uh, my wife and I both got uh, laid off, ah. and so we were like, "Do we want to like?" So I got like um, hired by Yelp, like mm-hmm. just before like lockdown and everything, and then they didn't tell us if we were going to open up or do anything. And then it's like, do I wait for them to respond to me, or do we just like move back to Buffalo? after like because we were like waiting and then we moved back to buffalo in like september right yeah is that where you're from yeah yeah so it was just like let's save some money and this was a this was a pandemic layoff uh yeah so uh they were (sighs) her job she used to be like director of this like um tutor uh program or whatever and like they just they were already being kind of sketchy to her because her boss was kind of intimidated of her and mm-hmm. like and was afraid that she was going to take her job so it was more of like that kind of situation happening yeah and then i i used to work for spectrum and they were getting rid of our division anyway and then 
Just found this is a, this is a very millennial experience. The sort yes. of creeping <laughs> sensation, like the the sinking feeling of like I'm gonna get laid off in the next six months, and you know it's coming. Like they're mm-hmm. cutting departments, and you just like you you know your next like, or you just like they keep writing you up for no real reason, and they're just like, yeah, this isn't like you're not. You have to have a reason, I guess. Even though I think New York State is an at will. Uh, yes state right they can just be yep. like bye you're done now mm-hmm. like but they like in their heads they have to like be the good guy or something and give themselves a reason or something i don't know what the fuck right they just want to look good and it's like okay you guys just just tell me like i i much rather because it's also like you know i'm like i'm doing my job i was the most annoying thing about my uh when i got like let go was he was like i was early Cause he told me and I was like, I knew I'm going to get fired. And I was early to the meeting and he's like, I was there before he got there. So it was just <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, Oh wow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm always like on time. I'm always doing this. And, and then he was like, yeah, yeah. We're just getting rid of everybody. And then they were bringing in a whole batch of different people that they didn't have to pay benefits to. So, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it was just like fun. <laughs> it's just great. Like, you remember, like, it seems like at least the way, I don't know, TV and movies and media sort of depict it is like back in the day, someone would get laid off and they would like go on a bender or like fucking just shoot up their office or something. <laughs> like, they would like fucking lose their minds because like their life is over and they'd like jump out a window, like, I'm getting laid off. It's over. And like, Now it's just like, okay, cool. This already happened twice this year. Now I'm going to go to like, I'll I'll work at another fucking shithole for nine months. You know, like it's just our experience. Like we're so used to this thing that used to be earth shattering. It's really weird. That's very true. I think a big part of it. And it's just this like, uh, at that time period, it was like no one knew of having any worth that was their whole identity is just mm-hmm. having that job. And now because they built the system of everyone being like, you have to be really good, really educated, really knowledgeable about like about a like low end job that now everyone's kind of like, yeah, I know. Like I, I can, I'll, I'll get another low end job because you want more of us mm-hmm. in these weird positions and stuff as opposed to like, this is also like back in like back in a time when it was like a, a person like a lot of the, like old dudes like to brag about this time period where they could raise an entire family on one mm-hmm. income and it was like yeah that's that's crazy and that's like amazing that you could do that but it's also like that's the reason why you were like sad and like <laughs> like, like like you were an alcohol where it's like you were put into this position by the world where they were like, no, you have to be the only person working. Like no one else, like your wife can't work mm-hmm. or you have to be in this, like, like that awful mindset of like, no, this is going to be the thing. You're just a, a thing. Like right. you're a machine. You're a hamster and, on a wheel. Yeah. And then you're going to die at 57 and it's just going to be the thing that your family dealt with. And like, (laughs) like you became distant and like, and that's like the, the horrifying truth of like that time period where it's like, of course these people like started drinking crazy or shot up their job because you just told them they were worthless. Like after building up that whole, like your identity is your 
factory job or this that and the third and then they're like well i've never been a person other than like i might have went to high school for like two years and then i got drafted or something like that so it's like oh i've been a, a guy who works at gm and now i'm nothing like and i can't read and my family doesn't know that and yeah. i'm sad yeah were you able to find another job up in buffalo yeah so i manage a spice shop right now cool like, yeah it's 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 nice do you come home kind of smelling like uh like spicy oh all the time yeah it's like the worst someday because <laughs> it's it's like when you're in the store you're nose blind to it because you're just like it's it's the smell of the store. How so many people come in there who like they smell all the spices and they're like, "This is this stale or something?" You're like, "You have COVID." Oh no! Like so, that's the funny thing. We used to have uh, smell jars in mm-hmm. the store, and then we got rid of those because of like right. COVID. You can't have people yeah. s- sticking their noses in things. Yeah, because pe- also the people were gross. Oh like, yeah, people are uh, fucking they, disgusting. Anything that the public gets to touch is just like. Mm. Like I always like. Because I used to have that, like, I used to work at this store prior to us moving. And then when we said we were moving back, like, my friend of mine who still was working there is like, hey, the manager is retiring. So you want, like, you should come in and apply. And they were like, okay. And they, we, we used to watch people just dig their fingers into these jars and, like, lick them and, like, taste these things. And it's like. Right. Well, you got to lick your if, finger first, so that exactly, it sticks, and then you stick your finger into the jar. And every day, like every time I see a person doing that, I would say, "If this is the idea you had, how many people did the same thing before you?" <laughs> like, think think about it. Like, where if you're like you're not some new discoverer of the spices, like I don't think anyone's ever tried to taste this before. Like, right. yeah, hundreds of people come into the store put their spit covered fingers into this dust and then lick it. And then you're going to like, <laughs> and then you're going to be the All these little Christopher Columbus's coming into <laughs> yeah, your store. Exactly. Being like, Oh, I can enslave an entire continent over this shit. I discovered it. And like, no nah, man, it's like, okay. That's turmeric. Yeah, exactly. No like, let's hope you die of some weird illness. Cause you wanted to be like the new explorer. Who's lying about something like, like, yeah, so we got rid of that, and people complain about it all the time. There's got to be also- some way, like with like a you know froyo, uh, you know sample spoon kind of deal or something, right? There's got to be like a there's got to be some way of doing like it, right? People, like, having a little, I, no. having like a, I, one of those little uh, those little paper envelopes, like like the salt comes <laughs> in and, and like McDonald's. I also say it's like if you've ever been to a grocery store, you don't get to smell those, but you've bought them from there it's like right why is this such a new fangled thought to you where it's like you know what doritos taste like or you like you know what the food right like, you have an idea like i i get it to a certain extent but it's also like we'll tell you what's in it like you can see yeah what, like, you, you know what nutmeg list. smells and tastes yeah. like you've seen it before you're not a fucking idiot like like you're not gonna be like we have it's potent garlic but it's also not gonna be like Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know if I'm ready. Like that, the people pretend. And I'm like, you just want salt. Like I know. Like <laughs> most of the time, it's like well-off white people who come into the store, and they they're so f- frightened of the idea of something like having a taste to it 
that they're mainly they're like what can i put on chicken and i'm like whatever the hell you want like yeah. it's not it's not that serious like have some fucking adventure in your life but they're always like "Ooh, this sounds good and then they immediately just go back to the garlic and pepper and this <laughs> and then i have to explain like which pepper isn't going to be too much and it's like fucking hell like how are how bad are your taste buds where ground pepper is like a shock to your system <laughs> Like, like, good thing we have four different kinds of cinnamon. Otherwise, I have to explain to these people. Like, we're like, I don't want it to be too cinnamony. I'm like, good thing Ceylon is not yeah. too cinnamon. I mean, I, I come from the Midwest where, like, ketchup is too spicy for some people. So it's it's really, it's something. Like, just yeah. experiencing seasoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So not to, not to bring up real dark shit right off the bat, but what has the sort of temperature been like in Buffalo since the, since the shooting? Oh man, it's it's weird. It's yeah. uh like because it's like Buffalo is such an odd place. Like Buffalo is too um too blue collary to become Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and too like uh, artsy to fully embrace the the dredge of being a blue collar city. So it's this like weird amalgamation of like viewpoints where it's like we had like the pride parade and there was also like it was like everyone's still kind of like afraid of like what people would because like then like right after the pride parade I saw like a dude like like these two dudes in um like a white pickup with like Trump one in mm-hmm. duct tape on the back. I'm like, fucking hell, dude. Like, like seriously, like, it's just, it's sketchy. It's always been like this. We've always known, like, which parts of town were super racist. Mm-hmm. And it's always been like, but it's like, you have all these people who want to pretend that it, like, it didn't happen or being scared. And it's like, but we're also, like, so used to it. Like, there was, I remember Buffalo so odd because, like, they my high school they did a documentary about my high school and i went to a performing arts high school but it was a documentary about how segregation is still a thing and it's like this is a fucking two a documentary made in 2007 right or something about my height like my height where it's like that this is such a prevalent thing in the quote-unquote future that right. like we still like in, even in, in among, an like, art like, school, yeah, artsy liberal school is still super segregated. Yeah, so it's yeah this this city has been like, eh, but like you you get like nervous a little bit. You still get like weirded out because you're like, I don't know what some fucking lunatic is gonna do because people complain about such bullshit yeah. all the time, and you're like, how fucking easy is your life? if this is the hardest thing in the world for you and then you want to attack people like yeah fuck, fuck you like it's yeah so it's it's been like this thing but it's also been business as usual we're just kind of like all right man like and which yeah. is a depressing thing that's also yeah i mean there was just the subway shooting here in mm-hmm. in, in the city and it just everything just kind of carried on and it was like weird vibes for like that day and then the next day we were all just like yeah all right <sighs> There's going it's to be been, another three, like three more horrific massacres that are going to occur in this next month. So it's been sad that like shootings have become like the ringtone rap 
of tragedies <laughs> where it was just like, yeah, okay. This was like, none, none of them hit hard. Like it, even though they're like big, like yeah. when everyone talked, like, like soldier boy was huge, Yo! but now he's nothing. And that's how it is now. Like I remember growing up when Columbine happened and that was like that, had a name like that was like yeah. in the, in the like we wrote down that name we don't even have names for shootings anymore because they're so prevalent and they're so common that you don't even have like a memory of like who did it what happened like and these yeah. shooters don't even like you're not famous for it you're not remembered for it like it's so much that like who fucking remembers the people who made the laffy taffy so now it's like who's like you're doing something horrific to be forgotten mm -hmm. like you're doing the worst thing you can possibly do because you're some shitball incel and you will never be remembered because now we have a culture where they're like people are went from being like kids mean something to now they're like oh i don't fucking care like that and now you're in this thing where you're like they're going to remember me. I'm like, no, not even on your, like, not even yeah. on like the storm. Front. Yeah, no, I mean like the, the, <laughs> the Columbine shooters names are etched into my memory, but I can't come up with anybody else really. Yeah. You know, like any, like, I don't sense. know the name of the Buffalo shooter. Do you like, do you know, like uh, how, like that remember. happened? And I think they, I think that's an intentional thing that uh, people yeah. have been doing. And I think it's actually kind of a good Perfect. move. I just, love, I, like, I love that they're gonna, doing that. Yeah. You're, like we're not giving you any of the fucking notoriety you want. You're just like, you're a ghost. Yeah. You know, so now like you're we're just gonna talk about the people thing. you killed. Exactly, and that's beautiful. And I should also tell them that like you're not valuable. Like mm -hmm. you aren't valuable. You're not. You're not important. Like you're you like you've now made more minorities more valued and viewed. Like we now know more of their name. It's like you're being counterintuitive to your plan you fucking loser like that's right. the awful truth about these horrific things but yeah i'm we, we're just <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh young clayton growing up in buffalo and what got you into the arts were you encouraged to uh pursue a, a, an artistic career and uh and it seems like you uh, I've listened to a little bit of your podcast. Uh, you, okay. you're, you're, you're a movie guy and mm -hmm. you, you like wrestling a lot and, yeah. uh, you have, you know, you have a nerd streak for sure, yeah, yeah. which I think, which I think, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. Just talk, talk about that. Talk about, uh, growing up as a, as an artsy nerd in Buffalo. Oh uh, man. So I... So I was born in Albany. Okay. Like half my family is in Albany and like my ha my mom's half of the family is in Buffalo. And so I was born in Albany and lived there until I was like five or six mm -hmm. and then moved to Atlanta for like a few months. And then we moved to Virginia and I lived in Virginia until I was like 11. And like, I always like drew like I, I'm a, a draw and mm -hmm. like I would make my own toys out of like uh, twist ties. Like I would like go to 
like you know toy size you get from like the garbage bags yeah. and stuff i would make toys out of those like when i was a kid and that's what i would like play with and like and i would i learned how to sew so i can make them have real clothes and wow. do all this other kind of stuff i was like very serious about it like and then like as i got older i found that like the twist ties from the candy section at the grocery store were way stronger so i would just like steal twist ties from the grocery store <laughs> like they have this big like thing and just break off the part and just take them home so i would have that right oh next um, to the bulk bins and shit like yeah have, yeah like, exactly the, yeah, the where strip you, of the plastic mm-hmm. twist ties yeah right? yeah so i would take those and then let's so i've always been kind of like in my mom has always been like very supportive about me doing art and stuff and she like like she always would like take me to like museums or like take me to movies because she knew i loved movies like i remember my mom surprising me with going to see toy story when it came out and that was like the coolest fucking thing in the world like i've always like that's always been like a big support system is my mom and my grandmother like always being like very supportive of me doing art and like when we i've lived most my life in buffalo because like we moved when i was like 10 Mm -hmm. and being into like that kind of stuff was also a little bit like different because like you're you're like like black kids couldn't be weird until right. Recent, until recently. I was going to say, you're, you're <laughs> part of a subculture that I find really interesting, which is black nerds. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. And it's like, you, like, I, I'm happy for like kids now mm-hmm. that can be weird and stuff. But like back then, like, cause I skateboarded and all that. And like, you would get called like Tony Hawk or some bull. Cause that was the only time, like you didn't see black skaters. You didn't like being into this kind of shit was like so like corny and you got called white boy and so, which is also like so fucking sad that right. like being like <coughs> into stuff that you like was white people shit yeah <laughs> like, like, it's like, a thing <laughs> and I, i'm glad that the culture is starting to shift a little bit it seems um but you know i'm also from a fairly small town i'm from lincoln nebraska mm-hmm. which is also very segregated um and you know contrary to i think what a lot of people might think you know of nebraska on the coast they're like oh there's no black people there no there are black people we just don't live anywhere near them you know it's just like the town is just like very very strictly segregated uh Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and growing up just just feeling like uh anytime i would see you know like lenny kravitz or like uh uh um, that like bad brains or or Jimi yeah. Hendrix? Anytime like a black dude picked up a guitar, I was always like, like in living Whoa, color. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you know, and and just thinking like there was this weird barrier between you know our worlds, like our art, our culture, our TV, our music, our food, our clothing. Everything was just like had an analog, almost like um, you know, like like uh like Springfield and Shelbyville or something, mm-hmm. you know, where it was just like this weird thing. And and all that does is make the people on the other side of the fence, you know, the others. And like they're, yep. it, it doesn't occur to people that 
they have the same shit going on. Like they get into a fight with their mom or like they have a crush on a girl or they, yeah. they you know, like they have like a weird insecurity about uh, their bodies or something like just all the little things going on in people's heads are going on everywhere. But you don't, that doesn't occur to people. I think when, when they're so just cast off and separated in, into just like a completely different world that's just parallel to your own. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's so you don't like, yeah, you're not allowed. You weren't allowed to uh, just feel shitty. Like, and my mom's very like hippy dippy, Mm -hmm. like type of thing. My aunts always jokingly said, uh, always said that my mom was like a white lady who married a black man. And like, it was just like, which is such a shitty way of (laughs) describing a person. But yeah, it's like, you kind of like all right she's black your mom's black yeah 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 Yeah. my mom's black and like that'd be wild if my mom wasn't black (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's like you just kind of you get used to it for a certain time like when i was like a lot younger and then you try to like fit in a little bit like Mm -hmm. you're like all right i'm gonna hang out with people like this and then like as I've gotten old, like when I got in high school and like, that was the best thing about like, like, like when I got into high, like I got into performing arts, like it was a school that ran from fifth grade to high, end of high school. Mm-hmm. And I think I got in there in like seventh grade, I believe. And that was when it was like, Oh, cool. All right. This is where I want to be because it was like, it's, when people think of like an art school, a lot of times they think it's like fame or yeah. some like bullshit where it's like, no, it's like a, it's a high school, but you have like majors and you do art class, but it's still high school. So it's got all the same things, but only now I'm surrounded by more like kids who are like weird and mm-hmm. not even just like, not even weird. Cause that's the funny thing is like how we discuss people's personalities they think of it it's weird back then back then but it's like oh cool you're into like these people like anime and shit and i don't yeah. like anime like that but like you're being into anime makes you approachable in a way that someone else isn't because they and you got to like you got to appreciate that so you don't have your barriers up and you're not trying to be cool around someone like obviously there's still people who want to be cool but it's also like you fucking listen to my chemical romance. So like, you're not like, you're not that hood or like right. that, that type of part. So you really, it was really cool to like be able to hang out with like other black kids who like that kind of shit and like skateboarding mm-hmm. or listen to like metal or that kind of, and then you're like, we're also black. Like we're all, like, yeah. we're all, we, we mean you like, you don't feel that like otherness in, like your own culture and then it's like yeah fuck yeah we're because there's stuff that people are not going to understand about your experiences and your life and stuff like i love the fact that i i get to watch like black tv shows that speak to me and they're not of like these fucking old timey like shitty stereotypical tv shows like atlanta is incredible Mm-hmm. and it's like it's a very black show but it's also surreal as fuck and like 
it's wild and i i just appreciate that and so like having that be like having school like having like a, a, a cool high school and having my mom be so like willing to understand that i was like i'm i'm into this like i'm trying some like weird shit and stuff and she was like all right i get it for the most part right that's great. Uh, what what uh, with the uh, high school itself, the art school, was it fairly mm -hmm. integrated? Yeah. So it ha it was like it was pretty like that's the funny thing because it's like it did it would get clicky and you still have people because like a lot of kids from your all these kids from all over Buffalo and like a lot of them come from like South Buffalo, which is like notoriously like a a, a racist area mm -hmm. and like. And so you like you see that like they're not like these kids are growing up around and they're like kind of hate their families yeah. and stuff because like they're surrounded. Then you have some kids who are just going to be shitty, but they can play music like that's like right. the, the I, like the funny thing about some of this where it's like like people I went to high school, they're still like they ended up becoming Trump supporters. But I were like, you used to be able to paint really well. Like, like, yeah. like that kind of like, like mentality where it's like, like you're very gifted, but you're also ignorant. And it's like, that's, that's life. That's, that, that's, a th I feel like that happened to like a, a, not a ton of people, but a, a handful of people I know who like went from, you know, being sort of like, hippy dippy arts painting like deadhead kind of mm -hmm. vibe to like going like real weird QAnon anti-vax oh. stuff and it was just like what the fuck happened here like there's not a like it's surprising and a lot of people don't ever want to think about that but there is a very thin line between those ideologies mm -hmm. where there's a very thin where it's like you being open-minded yeah. Doesn't mean you're not going to be open-minded to other things. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I agree. Like open-mindedness is good, but you know mm -hmm. what else is good? Critical thinking. Thinking. You yeah. Know? Yes, like exactly. So it's, it's scary and it's a bummer. There's a whole podcast about this called, um, conspirituality about, mm. um, like the, the, the tie between the kind of like, woo-woo wellness culture yoga shit and like weird right-wing anti-vax mm -hmm. uh creepy like you know like casting everybody as like a, a pedophile or something yeah. kind of thing that's yeah. happening now that's like what the fuck is happening here like it's because it's like it's you're you're being easily manipulated by being like someone's like they don't want you to know this which is yeah always like that's the always most, the thing yeah. right that's always <laughs> the like remember back in the day when like conspiracy theories were kind of fun and sort of innocuous and like yeah it was like the x-files and like it was stuff like you know uh there was there was some truth to it like it was like the jfk shooting or like um mm -hmm. or like mk ultra and stuff like, yeah like it was fun and it, it it had sort of a distrust for the government, but it wasn't it wasn't Alex Jones yet. Like right. it did, like something got taken over with like back at, like if I was in the nineties just hanging out in a coffee shop or whatever, wearing big jeans and somebody I was got talking mm -hmm. to somebody and they're like, I'm into conspiracy theories, I'd be like, Cool. 
If I'm doing yeah. that now and somebody like comes up to me and they're like, do you like conspiracy theories? I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. guards up. Like I've like shields up immediately, you know, like, because, and what's funny <laughs> is that they won't like, they won't say conspiracy theories. That's like the, the way it's like, they'll, uh, they'll be like, you, you ready to hear some truths? Yeah. Like they're like, like, like a person who's into conspiracy theories can say conspiracy theories like there there is no like i there's no theory in a lot of these other people where they're they don't have like they're like no this is what's happening and they're so and i always find them so fascinating because they're so contradictory to a lot of their like stances like where they're very like like government better not be doing nothing with me but also i support my troops right. i uh do all my like like this, I, I vote for people to make laws, and I'm oh, like, yeah, man. Dude, like, the yeah. amount of people probably in your town that have uh, the Don't Tread on Me sticker on their car right mm-hmm. next to the Thin Blue Line sticker, and it's like, yep. bro, you gotta you gotta pick yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It's always, I always think it's so funny, like, and the, there's a, like, a an oddness to these, like, I saw uh, there's a, um, a fire station here, and I saw their um, the truck, and it had the Punisher logo on it with uh-huh. like, the helmet. And I was like, "What does this mean? <laughs> what does it like? It's yeah. It's like it's a kind of thing where it's like either you think you're going to kill fires, or you have this for a different reason, and that becomes like these whole like code." It's like become a, a dog whistle now, and that's it's what's like a weird. Code, like, mm. But it's also, you know, it's like the okay sign now, like stuff yeah. like, like that just gets like codified. But if you try and like say that like that's what it is, then you sound ridiculous, or they can be like, no, mm-hmm. it's not. I'm just a, uh, uh, like, yeah, you know, it's like, um, there's plausible deniability, but like, mm-hmm. I, I also kind of part of me just sort of thinks that uh, a lot of the the guys who walk around in Punisher skull shirts and stuff like they just kind of think it looks cool and they're not they don't really they didn't really think about it that hard they're like yeah there's a lot of school he's a badass like like, they haven't read the books they don't know that he hates cops they don't know that he like is actually like (laughs) yeah yeah they don't and that's like the the always my favorite part of it it's just like you don't know what this character is and but now it's become like this thing where you're like, yeah, he's a badass who believes in what he believes. I'm like, he's a lunatic who kills cops yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like all like this is like <laughs> like this is the um this would be like in reality, it's like, what if you had like a body count like sticker on your patrol car that's yeah. what you're like into you're like cop you hated that song cop killer yet you're like cosplaying as a dude who kills cops like that's the the I madness mean, they always, I, I feel like that things always get like i mean like the matrix you know the red pill oh, thing yeah. got like completely fucking hijacked and 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 misunderstood too like shit just like happens and like once you put art out in the world like it's it's people's it belongs to people to do it at like interpret however they want. And that's the scary thing about putting shit out This is, that's actually like, it's you, it's fun. You made uh, mention the matrix because like, that kind of speaks to why people need to stop, um, making people feel like outsiders for the very least. So they stop thinking that they're going to be cool for some wild, wacky shit. Right. Like this whole, like 
loners. Like, and part of it, it's like also like some of you people just need to fucking get get over it like get over yourself learn that you should better yourself in any way shape mm-hmm. or form and so but it's like i hate that like that uh solitary nerd feeling because like people tease you or whatever and make you feel like you need yeah. to jump into these groups and like like i'm lucky that like i didn't fall into some like wild same thing. Yeah, yeah, we're like that's the thing is like I have some degree of empathy, I guess, for Mm -hmm. for a lot of these people because I could see how that happens because like I think as kids who grew up kind of nerdy and outcast and you know getting bullied or whatever, the like that's the primordial ooze from which all those people Mm -hmm. emerge and yeah, you know. It it's weird that in the span of our generation, nerds have gone from the scrappy underdog, you know, who's you know, I just listened to your episode about Angus, which is one of mm-hmm. my favorite fucking movies of all time. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's he's an underdog and he uh rises to the occasion and and you know, he's just we're rooting for him the whole time. Um and they went from that to like all this creepy incel alt-right you know pepe the Mm -hmm. frog shit yeah and and got just like really venomous and nasty and Mm -hmm. um and i don't know what happened there like it it just it it's it's that again it's that that slippery slope where it's like there is a and there's a uh a thing that as people are recognizing now it's also it's like the nerd bully Mm -hmm. it's like you're predisposition to think people are going to be against you makes you into a villain makes you be vicious to people before you even know them and because you have experienced that in some way you have decided that that's how you're going to approach life where it's like well other people have made me feel this way so that's clearly how i'm going to be seen and then you start making your personality only being shitty and then like condemning yourself to never having anyone be close to you because you're afraid that no one could be close to you. Right. And it's sad. It's a trap. And, you know, you learn the cruelty and Mm -hmm. you become cruel yourself in your deflection of that cruelty. And it's, yeah, I mean, I've seen this happen to people, you know, and I hear their story. And what the thing is, like you were saying with like, people need to like kind of get over their shit is, it's the victim mentality. It's right. the it's that idea that, because uh, what I hear from these people who are just kind of relentlessly mean and and just unforgiving towards people is like mm-hmm. it's always some sob story. Like you know, like I am, you know, I'm so put upon, and it's all about like I you know, I went through all of this as a kid and I went through it and it's just like, yeah, well, I don't know, man, life's hard. Like, I'm sorry that that happened, but like fucking, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Like, you know, all of that, you Mm -hmm. can process it and you can deal with it and you can not take that shit out on other people because like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so frustrating. 
yeah and that's like the saddest part like there's also that uh <laughs> horrible thing of like weaponizing um mental health and weight like um like that period of time when people learned what Asperger's was mm-hmm. and they decided that they all were going to claim they had it so they could just be cruel to people. Right. And there's make, a, there's like, an episode and, of yeah. like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm about that, right? Yeah. Where yeah. he's just so, like, I'm on the autism spectrum. I'm an excellent driver. And he just like uses it to be a dick. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, what a horrible, like, and that's a, a, I hate that. And that's like the saddest part about like this time where we're like, we have so many, like so many abilities to be connected mm-hmm. and we're using them to just be more shitty about yeah. stuff and more. And I'm not saying anything deep right now. Like it's, it's a pretty obvious statement, but it's also just so like embarrassing to right. me. Right. It's, I mean, so I'm always very, I have sort of a reflexive aversion to the idea of, you know, personal responsibility because to me, Mm -hmm. like I grew up like as that, that's just such a like Reagan capitalist kind of fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit that anytime I hear people touting that, like I'm always like, yeah, no, you're, you're writing off people's individual experiences and Mm -hmm. you're dismissing struggles and poverty and generational trauma that you have no idea about, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the other side of that, I think is there's, there's an overcorrection, I think Mm -hmm. perhaps in kind of the more like progressive lefty arena, right. Mm -hmm. Where it just becomes your, you're your pathology and you're, you're, yeah. you know, like you, you're helpless and every, nothing yeah. is your fault. And there has to be some sort of balance where you understand your own experience, you know, be it like racially, ethnically, uh, gender, uh, sexuality, whatever it is mm-hmm. that, that is, um, giving you extra struggles through your life. But then, it's on you. Like, yeah. then it's on you to improve yourself and be the best person that you can be and not just like, just wallow in it. Right. In, in the victimhood. Um, so for you, Clayton, uh, mm-hmm. what can you look back and think of like, what was the closest call? Like, what was the closest, like, oh shit, I could have wound up as this kind of like awful you know, person, if I had, if X thing had happened, or if I had just been like, if I'd been pushed a little harder here this time, like what could I have ended up as? Oh man. Um, probably I'm, I'm lucky that it, it got nipped in the bud kind of quick where it's like middle school. Me fucking sucked. Like I was like, I was sad and like, and shy and kind of like weird and standoffish. And I could tell that I was being that. And then like people would tease me and it hit a point when like, like I think eighth grade when I was like, what am I doing? Like there's a part where it's like, 
all right, yeah, people are being shitty to you sometimes, and like you're you're quick witted enough, and like and it's funny that it like it came from me being like making fun of people, right? How did it come? That, do you remember how this uh, like idea came to you? Like, was it was there like a particular like oh shit I shouldn't have said that, or was it there's just like a moment where you had like that epiphany? It was just like a where. When I was at my saddest and when I was in my like darkest place type of thing, I was like real young because mm-hmm. like that was like when I still lived in Virginia and I think I was in like fourth grade, which is a wild time to have that realization. But like I was in a group like there would be like a group of kids who would go to um, the guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. The scouting counselor. His name was Mr. Bun, and <laughs> I know what a wonderful name. Very nice guy. Like he, it's funny. He it was, looked was like he a big a, rabbit, <laughs> like wearing suspenders. Mr. Buns. He was uh, a guy who looked like um, Fisher Stevens. Like oh uh, boy, the, the, like the dude from <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah, Hackers. Yeah. And, right. <laughs> yeah. Short circuit. And so yeah, exactly. So he looked like that, and. But he was like such a nice dude. And like I remember he I was like being teased a lot. And the reason why and this is the thing that also happens, like the reason why people tease you is that they know it would bother you. Like they know it bothers you. And like talking to him and learning that it was like they they do this because they know it bothers you. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to tell a child to not let it bother you, but it's also easy to tell a child that that some other kid can't handle you making fun of them back. Mm-hmm. And there's that kind of stuff like, and he was like, I remember like, well, they wouldn't feel happy if they did the same, if you did the same thing to them. And even though he was telling me that in a like uh, way of like understanding the situation, it was kind of that thing where it was like, okay and then hey all right now i'm going to kind of do the thing you're doing to me to you and it's like all right now we're in a like an even playing field and now who are we going to be making fun of no one cool like where it, it, it becomes where it's like I was easy. I was like an easy target because I was like shy and chubby and like you made fun of me and I like I dress weird, even though I think about now, like I wish I had the clothes I had back when I was a kid because mm-hmm. my grandparents would send me just like old T-shirts all the time. And it's like it's not really cool to be wearing like some hand-me-down Harley Davidson t-shirt in fifth grade right but now it's like the coolest shit in the world (laughs) as an adult and you're like this like oh this is an old Celtics (laughs) t-shirt or whatever but then they make fun of you but then you become you're like okay this like what what is what is what do you want what Mm -hmm. what do you want from this like where where is this and like and I also overdid it at a certain point and you realize it because like I can, I know myself is like, because I have no, like I'm very patient, but I also have no patience for people being assholes a lot of times. So it's like, you got to understand I can be the meanest person you've ever met. And I know what makes like, I just judging off how you talk about me or talk to me. I know what bothers you. 
and I will say this, and then we're just going to be in this weird standoff, and right. it's like, like it's either I become you or we stop doing this, and it's right. like, do you want to be me and be sad, or do you want to just be like, hey, I, you know, this I have this, like it, it becomes that that kind of thing, and it's a awful, awful thing that has to happen for a lot of people and i think that sucks so much where yeah. some people need like to be scolded in a way it's like that like some people need to know fire's hot type of situation yeah. but like that was what brought it and it was like okay now i'm not like miserable and sad now i know how to just like defend myself in general rather than being like cruel to someone where i remember this dude would just like he always wanted to like to try to fight me and it was like this okay like what right. what what do you want like and he and he would and i would watch him get so upset that i wasn't like scared of him or wasn't being like coward like that kind of it was just like dude what let's like i'm and i'm not a fighter i'm not like that right. kind of person personality and i'm like you're, you're literally watching me draw mortal combat characters <laughs> and like 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 what are you talking like the ninja turtles and shit and then yeah. you, you like i'm like clearly i'm not that my, well, maybe he my saw that and he was like maybe he does know how to perform a fatality you know? yeah right <laughs> which is I want to, so this is something that I was thinking and it's very bleak, but it's also a thing that I feel people don't ever take into consideration. We live in such a wild time where people are so on edge and so in like outrageous and so violent and so just like ready to burst on something is that people don't, uh, people don't behave like people are the people they are now. Yeah. Like no one like no one ever treats anyone like someone could shoot you. Yeah. Where that's like and I don't want anyone to live their life in fear like that, but also take into consideration that we live in like a time and in a world where people are being shot because someone was loud at them at a movie theater yeah. or or you see fights at like waffle houses because someone was in line before them and yeah. that kind of like where we're like we live in a time where people are psychopaths and you don't know who any of these people are half the time so why be that to another per like it's like a part of it i think it's because they think like well i'm the psychopath because i'm i'm ready to blow right now i'm like what about this right. person? <laughs> like, I like, yeah, like I, it makes me think of like the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing where mm -hmm. like so many people were shocked by it. And like, I, I, I mean, I was like, wow, that was wild that that happened on live TV and everything. But uh, I'm kind of of two minds about it because I'm like, well, I mean, he was just making a joke. There's no reason. Like, you look like an asshole now because you mm -hmm lost your temper and you know you look like a, a dumb baby and you can't handle your shit right yeah but also there is kind of like i i do i'm a little bit of a believer in like talk shit get hit like you should like if you talk like expect that like i don't know like don't, don't be so like fucking don't be clutching your pearls if somebody like has 
a real issue with you and like escalates it because like that's the world we live in. I don't know, man. That's, like that's be, that's been my thought. Why about are we so scandalized by like someone getting slapped? Why are we so scandalized <laughs> by like a fist fight on the street? It's just like okay, this shit happens. Like that's that's how I've thought about like uh, like old comedians who talk about cancel culture yeah. a lot, where it's like. If you a lot of these people are very broy and very much talk about like remember when men were men and yeah. all this other stuff and it's like think right, about and then it somebody like somebody gets slapped and they're like ah right. or not even just slap it's like someone make tell calls them out online and it's like uh, think of it like this you are you are a digital figure mm-hmm. right now you're talking online and if someone calls you out because you said something stupid that is a digital slap right that is you getting punched in the face and if you can't handle being digitally punched in the face then you're soft in in your realm in your realm of like now there's obviously people who are overdoing it because they're everyone wants to dogpile because we're all lunatics yeah but there's also like a hey man like this is the this these are the repercussions of talking shit. Like yeah, you like you grew up knowing that like you could get in a fist fight with someone if you acted like wild around them. And now that's what it is now. People aren't like there are people who still fist fighting for sure, but it's also like this is how people fist fight online. It's like mm-hmm. you get now you're like getting taken down a notch and now but you can't handle it because you're like, well, I don't have any way of recognizing or like combating that and i'm like yeah like fucking like deal with it like yeah. shut up like <laughs> that's how you, you like you got punched you're like my bad just yeah no there's <laughs> that there's that mike tyson quote about like how the internet has gotten people used to uh talking to being disrespectful to other people mm-hmm. without getting punched in the face exactly and it's like well now that's like now we've seen that happen. We see one example, one little example of that happening. It wasn't even a closed fist. Slapped him, you know, mm-hmm. and and everybody is so like, oh, this is an attack on free speech and like we need to keep comedians safe and this is about our rights and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like nobody, there's nothing in the Constitution that says that nobody can slap you for, for talking shit about their wife. Like, mm-hmm. it, that's a, like that's a thing that you should expect to happen. Like it could happen. It also, yeah, exactly. It's it. also... Let's not pretend like we weren't like there aren't thousands of videos on YouTube of that say comedian con- gets confronted by heckler. Like <laughs> this has been such a thing that's been happening yeah. forever where it's like some asshole comes up and wants to fight you. And it, it, what I think that makes me more upset about the Will Smith thing is that it has made shittier comedians make that their thing mm-hmm. like right after that happened i was on a show with someone and like their whole set they were just bothering people like they were like antagonizing people and then like someone actually came up and wanted to fight them and then like two hours later video is online of mm-hmm. them like this like person tries to fight comedian and i'm like you weren't even telling jokes like there was a person right. in the audience wearing a mask, just like chilling. And you're like, you know, you don't have to wear a mask, right? You don't know. And you're like, why bother that person? They, they braved, right. they, like they, they braved out 
and showed that like this is how I'm comfortable in this environment. And I came to see, I paid money to see a comedy show. And now you're going to shit on me because I'm making myself comfortable so you can get money. Like, what's that? Like, and so it's just more people who like feel emboldened. Like we weren't watching people fight people on stage for years. Like it's been a thing. Like people. Yeah, dude. I mean, people, people used to have duels. You know, yeah. like people yeah. used people <laughs> used to, used to have duels. Like, fancy, sophisticated, aristocratic mm-hmm. people would shoot each other in the yeah. street for an they felt insult. disrespected. Yeah. yeah. And so like <laughs> this is who we are, man. This is how it's been. Like violence yeah. happens. Like uh, you know, like I, I'm I'm not like defending it. I'm not like, oh, violence is good, but I'm just saying like it, violence is kind of an inevitable inevitable part of the human experience unfortunately and it's just like it's just ratcheting up because we have like crazy weapons now and like you know it's just it's just getting worse because we're just getting more and more agitated but yeah it's all it's all fucking <laughs> crazy um how is uh how is your mental health in general let's let's do a little mental health check-in are you oh. are you in therapy how you feeling in oh general? I, I i need to go to therapy you ever I, been um i went to therapy like once this was like family therapy when mm-hmm. I was a kid because of like being teased. And I remember my guidance counselor, I, I was in a session with him and I was like, he had me write a letter. Uh, and it was, it was supposed to be to myself where I thought, and then it was like sent home and my mom read it. It was like, cause I said, I wanted to throw myself down the stairs cause I was so sad. Wow. And like, and it was like, like fuck. And I'm like, all right. And then we went to like family therapy for a few sessions and like it didn't really mm-hmm. do anything. But now like as an adult, I like last year was like the first time I started having physical anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like where like I've never had that where now I'm like now I like just get all fucked up for like traveling or like I have shows coming up and like like part of it is like covid mm-hmm. like that where it's like covid fear i'm like fuck i don't want to get sick before such and such because like oh i want to do deal with this or i don't want to and like it started like i got married last year congratulations and, uh, thank you and like i started feeling it before the wedding mm. and it was not i was not anxious about getting married i was anxious about ruining the wedding by getting sick Mm. and it was like like we already did this we already have all this stuff all like i don't want to be sick i don't want to be like i don't want anything bad to happen and like the time of like like counting down i'm like please don't be sick and i'm like getting tested and doing this and doing all this stuff and your like brain is just like on fire and you're like having a hard time breathe and it was like once i was at the wedding i was fine like mm-hmm. once, like during the wedding, everything was fine because it's like it's it's happened and we're happening. And I'm like, I, I obviously can't ruin the wedding now because I'm at the wedding. But right. it was just like, but now I have that. And that was the first time I like had that. And I'm like, I don't know how to fix that. And mm-hmm. I, I want to fix because it's also like just like years of like, like hating myself for whatever and you're just kind of like i don't like me 
because I'm mm-hmm. like this, or I was too mean to a person 15 years ago, uh-huh. or just like, I don't know if I tried hard enough or if I was like, like talk to people or if I like should have done this and then like get all caught up and you're like, ah, Jesus Christ, why is that important? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that happening to my brain? And it's been like a real like thing where you like get caught up in your mind and you don't know why, or you don't know right. what to do with that. And then like, it's also like, I don't know how to like, I, I'm also afraid to like, I don't know how to talk to a therapist almost mm. because it's kind of like, because I know there's, there's like, there used to be stigma in like in the black community about yeah. mental health and that's never really been like the issue for me because mm-hmm. it's never like because i'm like fucking like i'm not like that old school like black machismo tough right. dude who can't be like my like i've had many a pink shirt I'm, right. I'm like i'm okay like i'm not in that mindset but it's also like i don't know how to talk to a person because i don't know if i'm going to be saying things honestly mm-hmm. because i'm always like kind of keeping stuff to myself because i don't want any, anyone else to be bummed out or like i know that i've kept a lot of stuff inside or felt because i know that like my mom would get sad or my mom will overthink stuff and she never really listens of like that's a parent thing of like you want your parents you want to like help you and do stuff right but but they're acting on little information and it's and it becomes where it's like you're not really paying attention to what i'm saying to you because you're internalizing it yourself right. they're freaking out it becomes about like their emotions well that's the nice thing about a therapist then is you mm-hmm. know like they're a neutral party and they are trained to be sort of a reservoir for your uh you know your your dark stuff you know and and, and that's you know you i think that what's nice about it is you don't really have to worry about bumming out a therapist because mm. I, I I mean that's what they're right for yeah. and they've probably like they've seen it all like they've seen people in psych wards they've seen people who are like not experiencing mm-hmm. reality you know they've seen you know just people who are in like full-blown catatonic psychosis and stuff so like you know like if someone's just like sad and doesn't like themselves and stuff you know it's also like it's also like a part of me has also been like Oh man, like why do, why do I have like in my mind I'm I will I'll have this thought I'm like oh, someone else is having something way worse so mm-hmm. I'm fine. And like you 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 live so long devaluing like you being sad to the point where you're like, well, can I tell people I'm sad just because You it's know like- what that is? <laughs> that is depression veiling itself. That is the classic I think everybody I know, including myself, has had that thought uh, that my problems aren't really that bad. You know, I've never, like, had anything amputated. I haven't been in a war zone. Like, I don't have, like, that level of trauma. People go through much worse things, you know. And um, it to see it for what it is, which is just that is your mind 
the narrative of your mind making up a reason to not go in there, not mm. explore it, you know, and, and, uh, it, it's a hurdle for sure, but it's a, it's a jumpable hurdle, you know, that, that, that people can get through. Are there other things like, um, I don't know, just financial logistical accessibility issues like that. It's, it's funny because like <laughs> right now financially I'm in like the best shape of my life mm. financially like where it like for year like for sure I would have definitely never been able to get therapy like four years ago mm-hmm. just because it's like make no money and I worked I, I was like not even yeah four years ago for sure not maybe four years ago like yeah. certainly like before my wife and I got together, like we've been together for like six years. And before we got together, I for sure could not have even fathomed being able to afford therapy or any of that kind of situation. Cause you're just like, but, but now I'm, it's not, that's not really the hurdle and stuff because it, it's like, okay, yeah, I could do it and I can better myself. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to like who I would talk to or what I go to or ask. And I'm like, will this mean anything to me or will they get what I'm saying? Yeah. Or will they understand that kind of stuff? And like, what kind of therapist do I go to? Like, yeah. what, where was that? It's like, there's like, again, that all these building up anxieties of like, when am I going to be doing therapy wrong? And yeah. this, that's kind of like my, and you're like, what the hell are you? You can make it really yeah. high stakes and it, it doesn't need to be because what's another cool thing about it is there's no contract. Like you don't, if you're not vibing with a therapist, you can just like stop showing up, you know, and it's right, fine. Right. You know? <laughs> like it just, you can, or you can just like tell them like, eh, I'm not, I, I'm not going to see you anymore. The end, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, you know, logistically, I mean, I'm going through this right now because my last session with my therapist is tomorrow uh, because Mm. I've been going to, um, so there's a graduate program through Columbia University that offers free therapy through their, through their graduate program. They're all MDs. They're training to get their PhD or whatever. They're clinicians, right? Um, So it's, it's free because they're kind of, training and yeah um right. but that's good because it's a it's free and b they're 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 young and they're kind of up to date on the most like cutting edge uh methods however mm-hmm. it's all the way up in harlem and i live in red hook brooklyn and right. uh mm-hmm. they are ending their um their virtual uh part like mm-hmm. you're you're gonna have to go in person starting soon and also the other thing is like people graduate and move on. Right. So you don't really get in deep with a therapist because like, you know, you're, you're with them for like maybe two years tops and then they right. move on. And so you can't really build much, you know, mm-hmm. you have to start over every now and then. And so like, I finally have to just be like, okay, time for me to like, you know, I guess find a real therapist. Yeah. Like, let me settle down. Not that they're not real, but like, let me settle down and like find like a more permanent, you know, uh, solution to this. And like, that's a whole, you know, uh, they sent me an email, 
uh, my therapist sent me an email that's like got all these like a list of names. All I have to do is go down the list, call these numbers, and just be like, "Hey, do you take my insurance? Hey, like, uh, do you have a sliding mm-hmm. scale? Like, I can maybe give you like uh, forty dollars a session or something. That's about what I'm working right, with, right? And I just haven't done it because it's just so daunting, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm a fucking therapy veteran at this point, and I- I'm still just like anything where it's like scheduling shit like that i'm just like oh my god like no thank you yeah that's the hard and it's also like with my life because like i don't have a set schedule at work Mm -hmm. and like then you're like doing shows and stuff Mm -hmm. and trying to like figure out how to navigate this part where it's like this is very helpful but it's also like will this person be able to just come on or do this or Mm -hmm. work with me on this like type of thing and like so that's always like a, a stress of just like well maybe i can't do anything i'm like you can so that yeah that's the the hardest part of anything but yeah well man i encourage you to uh you know to to, to uh keep seeking it out and and keep kind of pushing through those hurdles and everything um you know there's a lot to just like kind of first steppage kind of stuff like seeing stuff that's within your um mm-hmm. uh that's in your network whatever with your yeah. insurance just like find doctors that are on your network there's you know there's nami the national association or alliance of mental illness or whatever Mm. that has like resources like here's you know you enter your zip code blah 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 um but you know like it's it's a it's a process but you know if you if you just sort of step by step it um you know like eventually i think you can you can get there definitely will do that i i like because i'm just like it will also be helpful yeah and just and like because it's not a it's not a bad thing and like what never, um but. outside because you know like i am a big believer in therapy obviously but mm. i understand that it's not accessible to everybody and it's not a panacea like it's not uh it, right. it, you can't just go to therapy and like your life is 100 percent better so what else do you employ to kind of uh, help your help yourself out mentally through, uh, you know, just nature walks, exercise, uh, crafting, <sighs> journaling, any of that stuff? Um, so like, I like to, I've like been walking to work a lot lately, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's like I'm it's I'm up early and it just getting experience this time and you're like sitting there like being quiet i like being quiet a lot Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of that kind of stuff where i'm just like i'll be listening to a podcast or something and like just putting a box away or doing that kind of stuff or like doing the dishes and being quiet or this like i like there's like laundry like i love doing laundry because Mm -hmm. like that's my like real getaway is laundry because like it it reminds me of my grandmother and it also is just like the most quiet thing you can be doing it's like you're just like all right i'm not paying attention to anything i'm like kind of watching youtube videos or what have you and it's just like i'm chill because it's also like i have a focus thing like i realized that like my anxiety happens when I'm not doing what I'm like, not doing a thing. 
Like mm-hmm. I'm not, my brain isn't thinking about me being anxious unless I'm not doing a thing or not like invested in something. And it's real hard because like, like it's always that moment when you're like, you're sitting there and then you were like this man i am not anxious and he was like gotcha bitch and he's like just grabs you in you're like god damn it i was so good i was fine and like but yeah like sitting in like doing laundry or just uh like playing video games that's zen it's just that's that's a a, a simple kind of repetitive task or editing yeah i like yeah yeah i love that just like uh, being focused on like something so like basic mm-hmm. is the best so yeah that's how yeah. i handle getting up that. and out of the house early um is is really clutch i've been doing that a little bit more lately uh i started uh signing up for this like uh, uh class that starts at uh like 7 30 in the morning and it's in like a, it's mm. like in another neighborhood so i have to like get out of the house by like i don't know 6 30 you know yeah. and and it's a whole journey but if there's something that is forcing me to get up and out of bed first thing in the morning, then like my whole day is just so much better than if I like sleep into the last possible second and then like rush to work and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm already just like, ah, you know, like if you have like a little bit more just space airtime in your, in your day to just kind of, sit and take things slow and you know you show up early showing up early for something is like the best because you're just like sit there and you're just like okay i'm already here i don't Mm -hmm. have to stress about like the train being late i can just like stand here (laughs) you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah i i love being early to everything as i stated even to my own firing i like right Clayton Williams, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, let's do plugs. How can people find you and your work? Oh, well, they can find me on like Instagram at uh, clayfighter88. Mm-hmm. Uh, my podcast, Nobody Watches Everything, that I do with my buddy Rick Matthews. That's on Spotify and Apple and all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Can, you can find that. Uh, I'm trying to think what else you can find me on. Mm. It's a movie Usually. podcast. It's a it's a really good one too. There's a bajillion movie co- podcast, but like you guys have really good picks and really good insight into uh, into the stuff that you watch. So it's, thank you. It's like one. I we worried about that because like the, when we first started it, it was it was like a randomizer, and mm-hmm. that was fun. But then you just get tired of like, man, these are the most miserable movies after a while. And then we got uh, Van Wilder randomly and it was this thing that we both remember liking and then you watch it as like an adult and you're like what a horrible what a horrible thing this is and then it was like this will be fun to like go back and look at some older like Mm -hmm. the movies that we remember fondly and see if that works out still and so yeah i that's that's been really fun and i like talking to people because like my buddy and i we both like love movies and i've just been like obsessed with movies and it's also funny to think about when you're talking to someone about without like any structure to it how weird 
your thoughts get on yeah. it and you're like like i'm like i didn't think i would get into this deep of a conversation about a fat boys movie yeah so, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, like that's what uh, that's what the essence of any good podcast is it's not really the content it's the vibe mm-hmm. and the right. uh, the audience that you build they're there not because like they're not even there because they like give a shit about the whatever movie it is really they're like oh i have to know about like what their thoughts are on top gun because that's my th-. they're like no i just i like these two guys and i like their friendship i like their vibe i like the hang mm. that's it you know yeah. so if you find people who get that then then you're in yeah absolutely but this was a this was a lot of fun. I yeah, thanks. Had a man. lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. This was great. Um, yeah, we should you know just just talk to random strangers more often. I, yeah, talking to strangers is the best. Like yeah. it, as, as frustrating as it is sometimes at a show, it's also like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, I would have never known that's that. The other fucking thing is like I'm not a comedian, and I mm-hmm. am extremely self conscious about like being a punisher. You know, like being just like the annoying guy who talks your ear off after this. Like, I know that that is a thing that people who perform really fucking dread, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, so that is always my thing where I'm like, I, I keep my distance. I am not going mm-hmm. to like, you know, get in your face and overwhelm, you know, like it's, I, I'm very self-conscious about that. So, you know, yeah, it's hard. I'm, I'm also, I'll, I will talk to a person for way too long. Yeah. And it, it, it'll just be like, I, my wife was, it's like, you're way too nice. To you're very, you people. look very approachable. You have a very friendly <laughs> face. You have a soft voice. You know, you're just, you, you have like a nice aura, I think. Is well, I'm, saying. I'm glad I'm, it's, it's very funny because I was, uh, I remember someone, I used to work at Bath and Body Works and uh, one of the employees told me that another employee thought I was scary. And I was like. <laughs> I don't know why. Like no one right. else thinks I'm scary, and like yes, and like the fact that multiple strangers have come up to me and just been like, like we're best friends, and they'll I'm mean, like, okay, yeah. I remember, like, yeah, occasionally people have told me that like I'm intimidating, which was like the craziest thing I'd ever heard. Like I heard this once in like high school, like because I was trying to make the video yearbook on my senior mm-hmm. year, and I was like. I was telling somebody like I approach people with the camera and sometimes I feel like I don't know they don't like me or something because I can't get a word out of them and they're like no they're intimidated by you because you're like the big man on campus and I'm like what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about (laughs) this other time like I was at work we were opening up a, I was, it was a shop. It was like a, a um, like a thrift store, basically. And we were opening up, and this guy came in over the intercom. We hadn't opened the door yet, and he was ringing in. And I was like, hey, you're going to have to wait. We don't open until X time. And he, like, starts cursing at me over the intercom. And so I marched out there, like, outside, and I was like, what's up? Mm-hmm. What's your problem? Like, I said <laughs> we open at this time. You're just going to have to wait, man. And he, like, got all, like, kind of scared and, like, emailed my manager later this like long thing about how like you know like this guy came out and it was like and they were like I think you kind of scared him and I was like I'm not a scary guy but the, okay cool interesting anyway um this was this was really lovely um I'm gonna let you get on with your day though uh I'll see you around hopefully you got more shows coming up in New York uh not yet I've been like trying to talk to some people and like I'm, anytime I'm like figuring out when I'm going to be back in the city I'm always like trying to set up some shows but so hopefully I have some shows coming up I just gotta set up the time and set up the shows and hit up some friends I'm also really bad about 
asking about being on shows mm. that's like a big th- it's like i my mom my wife says i'm very uh overly humble mm-hmm. to, to a fault and i'm just like i don't like someone should ask me but then i'm like I'm also like I could it's just hard, ask. man. They, I, I mean, there is nothing more embarrassing than asking somebody to be on your podcast. Just like, do you want to be on my show? It's about feelings. Like, it's just like I feel like an asshole every time I do it, and it's just a thing that I've like put myself through every time. You know, it's just like oh, mm, I have yeah. to go through this again. Like, yeah, it's, it sucks. It's not easy. All right, but it works out. <laughs> Thank you once again to Clayton Williams for being on the show. What a guy. I, I, I really like him. Um, we had a nice talk. And uh, that's about it, folks. Uh, you know, like and subscribe, rate and review, help us out, uh, spread the word on on Instagram and send it, send it to all your sad friends, you know, your friends who post uh, dark and sometimes frightening stuff on their stories. Uh, send it to them. And, um, you know, we'll build a little community here. That's what it's all about. Put us in your stories, your Instagram stories, screenshot, tag. We'll build a little thing. I'll start a little creepy cult. I don't know. I got the hair for it. You know that. All right. That's about it. I'm going to go. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, I'll see you in hell. <laughs>